Radio Esau. Radio Esau. Hi everybody, this is Jenny from Radio Esau. And today I'm talking to Gary, who is back by popular demand to talk about how technology helped him to write his book, Those Derby Days, a history of Britain's first ever school specialising in educating partially sighted children. Thank you very much for having me again. And you're going to talk to us today about attending Britain's first school for the partially sighted. Tell us a yes. little bit about that. Well, of course, I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I was nine year old um, and I was suddenly uh, took away to a, a special boarding school. Um, and it was all a bit of a shock and a bit of a surprise and, and a very big difference in, in lifestyle from living locally, going to school locally, having local friends. Uh, everything was uh, within one street that I lived on. Um, and suddenly I was jettisoned to, this, uh, to the other side of the country and being brought up and educated by completely different people in a different way, different style. Um, and it was at a boarding school away from all my family and friends. So it was all a bit of, it was all a bit of a shock, especially when you're only nine year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it left me with lots of uh, questions in my head, you know, wondering why this was happening. Uh, because in then in, the, in those days, and still I think today uh, a lot of the time is adults don't spend enough time talking and explaining things to children. Um, it's do this, do that, and uh, so when I was a child, I wasn't nothing was properly explained to me as to what was going on. I knew I had an eyesight problem, and I knew it was a special school for people who were, who were visually impaired, partially sighted, as they called it then. Um, but what I couldn't understand is why it had to be a boarding school and why it had to be so far away from home. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, for many years, I had a lot of, of, of kind of unresolved questions going on in my head. And when I went off to, um, when I came to the college and uh, they had advised me to, to get a teaching qualification and I went off to Leeds University, one of the first essays that they asked us to write was about our uh, school experiences so that got me thinking um, about my school experiences because I, I suddenly realised how unique they were and that most people wouldn't have had that kind of experience, wouldn't have been to a school like that. And the school only existed from 1945 till 1988. So it was only 40-odd years in the long term of British educational history. That's not very long. And I, I thought to myself, there'll be, there's going to be loads of people who have never heard of a place like this or never even knew it existed. So I thought it was important to to write. Uh, so I wrote the I wrote the, the the essay for Leeds University, and then after I'd finished, um, I thought I'd, I'd, it, might, it might be a good idea to expand on that and turn it into a book. Um, because as I say, I went there and there were lots of things I didn't understand. So it, it's, it would be an eye opener for anybody. Uh, finding out about something like this. Mm-hmm. And I know in your book I was reading, you talked about that first day and how overwhelming it was. Yes. And all the rules and regulations. And then there was a fire drill as well yeah, on that yeah. first day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Was it, how easy was it to, to sit and write about those experiences? It was, very, it was, it, it was difficult to begin with. Um, of course, a long time had passed. Um, to, to begin with, for many years, 
um, I didn't want to talk about it and I didn't want to, um, I wanted to kind of ignore that it, it, it ever happened and try to, I tried to put it out of my head and, 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 and dismiss it as, as, you know, as, as something that didn't happen kind of thing. Um, but I found out that I was having like mental health issues, you know, that it, it couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't have something that happened in my life and not talk about it and, and try and ignore it and, and try and work around it. You can't do that. You have to face things. So uh, I decided, you know, to face it. And the way I, I did it was by writing the book, by finding out those questions I'd always want, I'd always want by researching uh, and finding out what, what the answer was to all those questions I'd always wanted, writing them down in a kind of, um, some kind of order that, that it all made sense. Um, and the, and the, writing the book was, was great therapy. And it's what, it's what helped me overcome uh, all those issues. Mm-hmm. And there's a lovely, um, there's a lovely, moment in the book where you describe going back to a reunion and noticing the missing lampposts and you said that the old lamppost stood there like a drunken guardsman ignored by all for so many years and now noticed because of its absence yeah i loved that oh thank that's, you that's yeah that, great, was, that was that was a, it's a great image I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with that did i actually write that <laughs> uh, yeah uh, yeah it is it's it's um, it, it, it's, it's that thing about time, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. time is constantly moving on, and things are constantly changing. And you can never go back to um, you can never go back in time to that same same place and time again. You can go back maybe to the same buildings and that, but uh, the people have changed, the place has changed, it's moved on, and it's it's just not that it's just not the same again. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was a bit sad, you know, that it wasn't. It wasn't quite how I remembered it. Like you said, lampposts and silly, silly little thing like a lamppost, but it wasn't there. This wasn't there. That wasn't there. Things had changed, and and it, it was a you know it was um, a moment where you just had to realise that this was this is actually gone. You know, this has mm-hmm. actually been and gone, and you can't go back to it. Mm. And now, of course, attitudes have shifted as well, yeah. and technology has moved on. Yeah. Tell me how technology has changed things for you. Well. I was only thinking about this the other day about the school and, you know, you expect a special school to have all sorts of amazing technology. But back in the 1970s, that wasn't the case. Uh, There was very little technology at the school. Uh, The school's kind of uh, way of teaching was small classes, lots of uh, lots more time with the teacher. The teacher being aware that you have um, an eyesight problem, so they're sympathetic to you walking to the board and, and having things close up to your face um, and using magnifying glasses and, and, and uh, corrective uh, lens glasses. And um, but they didn't, but actually, as for te- technology, they didn't have much. Even large print books were very rare and very expensive. Um, so there wasn't much at all in the in the eighties. They did start to bring in computers, the very basic computers. But the revolution in, 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 in eyesight uh, help, accessibility, came in the 1990s with computers. Because uh, what I didn't realize is that apart from my eyesight problem is I also had dyslexia. Um, and that was a, a big old, old holding me back. Of course, everybody, because I went to a special school and they knew I had an eyesight problem, if I wasn't reading something, they, they automatically assumed it's an eyesight problem. And this is what happens with people. Um, people sometimes forget that people are complicated. And you can have more, that you are allowed to have more than one disability. 
you know, and some people do. Some people have, have many. So you can't just say uh, all their issues are related to this one this one thing that they've got wrong with them. They can have other things that are, that are hidden. And I had dyslexia as well as eyesight, which makes, makes it more complicated. So I, I could read normal print, print uh, but because I was struggling to read normal print and I had an eyesight problem, people assumed I couldn't see the print. But that wasn't the case. It, that was the dyslexia. Um, but once computers came in and I could start typing, um, I mean, and that book, for instance, I'd have never been able to, re- to, to write that mm-hmm. uh, before computers came in. No way. You know, I, I just spelled everything wrong and, and, and you wouldn't have been able to make any sense of it. Uh, but once computers came in and you could zoom in and zoom out and you could change the accessibility features and you could have a spell checker, it suddenly, um, it suddenly boosted, boosted my confidence and my abilities uh, oh, amazingly. Mm-hmm. And, and now no problems. Well, the technology's there and the health's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like today I was in a class today. I was, stood at, I was at, sat at the back. The teacher was using the whiteboard. From where I was, I couldn't really see it. But I just got my phone out, took a photograph of the screen, um, then got my, you know, on my phone, I could I could zoom it up um, and look at everything. And it, it, it's, just made, it's just made people with visual impairments, it's, it's just made life so much easier, mm-hmm. so much easier. And it's more of a lane. It, it, it's not 100%. You know, we still always have issues, still always have problems. But the things that, things are a lot, lot better now than what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Gary, thanks for coming in and talking to us. Thank you very much. 